My guest is Kara Spack. She's a five-time Jeopardy winner. She also went extremely viral one time, uh, much to the delight of Alex Trebek. I thought of her yesterday when the unfortunate news that Trebek had died of pancreatic cancer came across the wire and everybody was sending out their own personal remembrances. So I guess that's an interesting place to start. You had more of face-to-face human interaction with Trebek than most people who consumed him through their television screens. How did you react to the news yesterday? Um, I was really sad about it. I mean, I, I actually just read his autobiography probably a month ago. And um, in the book, he's pretty open that he knows he's going to die and he's kind of ready for it. Um, so I actually think that that sort of helped cushion the blow a little bit. You know, I, you never know when these things are going to happen. But like, I guess, you know, nobody at home knew that he was this close to death. But I'm sure, you know, his family knew because they were all there. So, um, and, you know, I was really sad about it. I actually also had a friend from college who died of cancer like last week. So it's kind of like a um, it's really like up and down week, the election, and I went to Notre Dame. So like we had some very exciting news Saturday on those fronts, but then also it was sad. Yeah. Yeah. I think that this, that if that what this year has done is given us one violent, um, uh, emotional yeah. swing after another. And there was something to this news coming out in a moment where everybody was either breathing a collective sigh of relief or breathing a collective sigh of, of disgust um, about what happened in the election and, you know, obviously with the pandemic and all that stuff going, going on. But to that point, Trebek, I, I think you've seen a lot of the, the remembrances that he's kind of been a point of normalcy. I, I, I wrote about how you talk about institutions and we use that word a lot, but Jeopardy really was one of those. It seemed like he had always existed in that role and that, he would forever, even though we knew that his time was was unfortunately um, coming to an end. Yeah, that's true. And, uh, you know, not to keep plugging the Trebek autobiography, but he actually does address sort of uh, the discontent in the country in there. I mean, he's Canadian, but he's a naturalized citizen. And um, he's a lot in there about his thoughts on sort of discourse and dialogue and um, the pandemic, he also addresses. So, yeah, but I mean, I would say Alex Trebek is the one person that brings everyone together, right? Like, I think a secret of Jeopardy is that they um, write the clues a little bit so that everybody at home can play along. Like, if the, if the clues are too hard, it's not really fun. Like, the fun of it is that you might know something. And also sort of the genius of it is, like, the capital of Djibouti might be a $1,000 question, but you might um, have a question about below-deck Mediterranean that is also like equal. So kind of something for everybody on there. So, um, you know, and it never was politicized. So that being said, there's been a lot of um, people we've seen in the news just with the election results coming in who have appeared on Celebrity Jeopardy, including Wolf Blitzer, who had one of the worst all-time Celebrity Jeopardy performances. Anderson Cooper has been on there. So, And... And, you know, I mean, with, with Sean Connery passing not that yes. long ago, yes, that was only an SNL sketch, but <laughs> in so many people's minds, they're inextricable and, and one goes one goes with the other. I imagine there's a good amount of people who had never seen a show, an actual episode of Jeopardy and knew it only through that lens of what this thing that became this amazing phenomenon. Yeah, that was awesome. So... Well. Tell me about your experience um, with Jeopardy. Were you an, were you an avid watcher growing up? And and walk me through the process of how you became 
potentially from a fan of the show to competing on it uh, yourself? Yeah, so I was um, a big Jeopardy fan growing up. My parents were actually pretty limiting in terms of what I was allowed to watch on TV, um, which will play in later to actually appearing on Jeopardy. But Jeopardy was something we pretty much, we watched every night. And I remember being home from school uh, during the summer and watching the kids tournament. And that's kind of where the seed was first planted that like, okay, if they can do this, like why wouldn't I be able to do this? And then college was the first time that I sent in like a, at the time, that it was just like before the internet, <laughs> you sent a postcard in. So I got a letter back from Jeopardy inviting me to an audition. I think it was in Minneapolis. So I didn't go. Um, I was in South Bend. And then I moved to Chicago. And I I don't know if I took the test online or I rode in again. But I, I went downtown Chicago, probably when I was like 24, 25, took a test in like this huge Marriott um, auditorium and then they like announce who gets to stay so i didn't pass the test that time so i left and it was like a nerd convention like people were like reading atlases and like brought huge books with them um and then they started offering at some point they started offering the test every january online so they basically ask you to sign up for the day um that you're it's going to be like a certain time in your time zone so i took it a few times before i got called downtown again so i um so when i was a newspaper reporter i took the day off work and um went to the weston on michigan avenue and it was like a much smaller conference room so they make you retake the test to make sure you didn't cheat and have somebody else take the online test for you and then you play a few rounds um you're dealing with these contestant coordinators they both actually still work on the show. This is 10 years ago. And um, then they say, you know, we'll be in touch. It could be up to 18 months. So quite a few people in there had been to like an in-person audition before. Pretty much everybody had taken the test more than once. Um, and like, I kind of went in, like, I'm just going to have a really good time with this. And I got all dressed up. Like I was going for a job interview. Like I think I wore a suit and sat in the front row, like total nerd and like raised my hand all the time. And um, so then I got called, I, I think like within a month and, um, and so I, you know, I think it was six weeks. So my husband and I spent the next six weeks watching Jeopardy every night. And I stood in front of the TV with like a pen pretending it was a clicker and he researched game theory and came up with like a way for me to bet depending on if I was in first, second or third place. So I would, um, we would, we would like run through the scenarios every night and I would do the math as if I was like in third place that night or first place or whatever. Um, so, you know, I didn't like cram information, but I definitely played the game and like watched a lot of the game and practiced. And, um, and then when I went in, I learned that the, so they tape five shows in a day, they tape an entire week. Um, so the Tuesday, is that right? No, it was like, oh, no, 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 I know what it was. So they, they, you come in, you get on this bus from the Jeopardy Hotel. You um, are on the bus, the contestant coordinator are on there, and they said, um, we have the person on here who's won more money in a single game than any other player. His name's Roger Craig, and like, Roger, stand up and wave. You, and he won $77,000 in a single day, in a single game. So they randomly pick, like, who's playing um, – who on this so I was like oh this sucks like I 
finally made it onto the show and like I get to play this guy who's like great at Jeopardy. Um, but he actually lost that Tuesday and I didn't get pulled until the Thursday game. So I won Thursday, Friday, I won by a dollar. I was in second place and like employed my husband's betting strategy and it like totally worked for very dramatic effects. Um, and then they said, you know, you, um, you're coming back next week to play more games. So I called work and um, called my boss at the Sun-Times and we went out for like a decadent dinner and then flew back the next, I think Tuesday with my mom and my husband, Steve and I, and then I played Monday through Thursday. Like I, I won Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and I lost the Thursday game of that week. So, so first of all, I didn't know that you guys were running kind of like a money ball esque situation simulator up, up until uh, yeah. really <laughs> diving into the advanced analytics. I like that. That was certainly something that became a huge, a, a much bigger part of the game. Um, you know, with, with like the all time, all time greats using it on, maybe you can make the argument to the detriment of the television experience. But again, the end, the end of the game, the end of the day was uh, about winning. What were your first impressions of Trebek when you climbed onto that stage in that, in that, in that auditorium? Did you feel intimidated? Did it, did it feel surreal? Do you remember what you first felt like when you, when you climbed up there and wrote your name on that blue, on that blue board? Um, I just was so excited. I like, this is something that I had like sort of dreamed about for a long time. And like, I couldn't believe I was there. It sort of my goal going in was I didn't want to have I don't want to be in the negative going into Final Jeopardy so I wouldn't get to play Final Jeopardy. Like I wanted to just play the whole game, but I didn't really expect to win. I just kind of wanted to have a good time. And I think that was actually very helpful because I was pretty, um, I was pretty relaxed. Some might say too relaxed um, by the time I, I made it back the, to the second, the tournament of champions. But I actually, when I was in high school, I was such a big fan. Alex Trebek was the grand marshal of a, um, like Thanksgiving day or some sort of Christmas parade in downtown Pittsburgh. And I lived in suburban Pittsburgh. So I like took the trolley down with my friend to see Alex Trebek. So I still have this picture that like we took on film, this is, you know, I graduated from high school in 92. So, um, so this was probably like 1988, 1989. And we're like, Alex, Alex. And he said, got my picture ladies. <laughs> so the picture is like pointing at us. So, um, so I really, so on Jeopardy, they, because of the quiz show scandals in the 1950s, they made that movie with Ray Fiennes called Quiz Show about it. Um, it's a little slow. Yes. I've seen it. Yes, it is a little show, but it kind of gives you the history that there's like an iron wall between the contestants and the people who have the, um, clues on the game. So Trebek is in the clue category. Like he has the material, he gets it like, I think the morning of the show and reads over it. And so he, um, he like we don't have that much interaction with him he um does have like a little chit chat at the end when the credits are rolling so that was really interesting and um when i was in the tournament of champions in 2011 there was a lot of like uh chit chat where there was a little bit more chit chat because we had to take these like promotional photos and stuff like that i mean the one thing i'll really say in his favor i've been to a lot of these shows like oprah jay leno back when he was on like i always like to go to these show tapings and um Trebek, I, I've like never seen anything like this. He spends his, the, all the commercial breaks, like taking questions from the audience and having sat through a bunch of these because they switch the audience out every couple of games. A, there are many of the same questions, but like you would never know it. And he 
um, you know, he did it for 40, almost 40 years, but like, I don't think he ever lost a sense that for a lot of people, this was like a big deal that they, um, you know, were at a TV show taping and they kind of like get a little peek behind the curtain or that they um, were taking time out of their vacation to come in, sit and watch Jeopardy. Um, so he was like so gracious about this. So I, I mean, I don't really know him more than my interactions with him on the show, but he seems like a hundred percent to be the person that you think that he is even like a little bit, I know some people think he's like arrogant. I think it's more like he just has kind of an offbeat sense of humor, um, but it, it works. Well, I mean, his reaction to the moment where you went viral, do you want to, you want to speak about why, uh, why you can't search your name on, on Google anymore without being uh, to the one thing? Yeah, so um, I made the Tournament of Champions. If you win five games, you get to play in 2011. And um, I was also in it with Roger Craig, who was the one who had won $77,000. So going into the Tournament of Champions, at this point, we had pretty much like Steve, like, so I spent the entire year between being on Jeopardy the first time and the Tournament of Champions only um, reading things that would help me be on Jeopardy. So that one I did try to study. And I think for really high level Jeopardy players, a lot of them were in this thing called academic quiz bowl, the varsity sport of the mind. Um, so things like the capital of Delaware, they like don't even have to think about it. Whereas a lot of that, I, um, it doesn't come as naturally to me or I just was like never, like I kind of forgot it, I guess. So never learned it or um, don't know it. So. Anyways, we went into the Tournament of Champions, Roger Craig's there, and so that was kind of the one that nobody wanted to play, and I got picked to play Roger. Um, so I kind of, going in, it was the quarterfinal game, so even if you lose, you have the chance to advance in this, there's four wild card spots um, for 15 players. So I, so like, I had a betting strategy, but it was different um, because of this wild card situation, and so I basically was like really nervous. It was kind of like, don't just guess, only ring in if you like 100% know. And then this clue came up that's like, if Brenda yearns for Charlene, who is into Andy, it's called this. And it was like geometric math or something like that was the category. And I like, a second before I said, what is a threesome? I thought like, there's no way this can be the right answer, but I rang in and it was kind of like, didn't have anything else. So I <laughs> said it. And then Trebek said like, oh, Kara's had a lot more experience than I have. And then during the commercial break, he was like, um, I had to take a picture with him. And he's like, get up here, you saucy wench. Which is like kind of the ultimate Trebek thing you think that he would say, like nobody else in well, I don't know. 2011. I don't know who could get away with Saucy that. wenches, but you're like, okay. Right. Well, I mean, the thing is, I think, it, I mean, I really do think it was all in good fun and there was nothing like creepy about this. And I'll say this guy had like this crazy long career in entertainment. And like when Me Too happened, you never heard anybody say anything about him. Like, I think he like legitimately was like an extremely decent person. And I thought it was funny. I mean, I laughed. I was mostly embarrassed because my mom was there. Um, so, uh, but I didn't, I, I thought it was like all in good fun. And, um, you know, it, I know people still are like laughing about it. And for that, I, I don't mind. Like we all need to laugh a little bit more and we've all done stupid things. So. Yeah. I think what um, the show, I think what the show did is it, 
it was a great equalizer. Like you mentioned earlier that the clues and, and the clue coup comes up with um, answers that are accessible to people who may have read a book or retained a fact or know something uh, that they got a question right at bar trivia once and it, and it stuck in their head about, uh, you know, who invented the helicopter or something. And it might be rattling around in there. I think that there's a real, there was a real like democracy to the show. Obviously the, the, you know, the winner performed the best, but is accessible from a lot of different ways. And to that end, I think what's been impressive about Trebek is his ability to, even though they are maybe 30 second interviews where, or they come to see your personality. He did seem to have this amazing way to relate to everybody in, albeit a, a, a small segment on their own terms. Yeah, so, so it's funny you should say that on that because you put down, when I think when you get on the show or when you're applying for the show, you have to put down five things you'd want to talk about with him. And then they um, put those down on like an index card that they're gonna to give to him. And the contestant coordinators before the show, when you're like in the green room, practice two or three of them that they think he's most likely to ask lessons for this old town school of folk music. And so like when I kept winning game after game, the go-go thing, so like crossing everything else off the card. And I'm like, why is he not asking for the go-go dancing? And then one of the contestant coordinators were like, if Alex can't relate to it, he's not gonna ask about it. So, um, he was though, he was really involved with like a lot of charities too. So this is all like when you're in the studio, there's, um, he also did a lot of USO tours for mm -hmm. soldiers, even like not during wartime. And I think part of that was they like had them play Jeopardy or something like that. So, I mean, it is something everybody can relate to. And to your point about the democratization, another thing I've really come to appreciate about the show is, you know, it's kind of one of the only places um, on TV where you can see a lot of different people who look a lot of different ways. Like Jeopardy, they are not going to discriminate against you if you're overweight or if you have green hair or, you know, like it, it truly is about like, can you play the game? Um, and can you keep the game moving? That's a little bit like they want people who can like pick the categories quickly. Um, but it is, they don't, they're not looking for a type. They're not, you know, like, they're not looking for an age or a race. Like it, it's pretty like open casting. And I think the best way possible, it kind of celebrates that like we can all like normal people can get up there and have a little fun and like play a game and you can play at home and win a little money. Yeah, I, I'm just trying to, to drill down on this, on this idea of, of, of someone who you felt like you could know even if you had, even if you had never met them. And one of my colleagues wrote that this morning and I think that that's I think that that's really true. And the thing that maybe stood out about Trebek is there was absolutely zero percent of it that seemed manufactured, even though he was a big television presence. Like I mean, I'm sure he turned things up a little bit, but he wasn't. I, it never felt like he was playing to the cameras uh, to in order to be someone that that he wasn't deep down. And just like you said about the contestant card. He was going to pick and curate the things that he found interesting. Right. And I think he was like, seemed like a very, like in a broad mind, I found a lot of things interesting, like a lot of people. I mean, one thing that is kind of interesting that he talked a lot about in those contestant interviews is, um, or not the contestant interviews, in the audience, when he's talking to the audience during the commercial break, so you wouldn't be able to see this at home, is he was like a very skilled home repair person. 
So like basically like a home contractor. So he like completely like ripped out his wife's bathroom and like built her a new bathroom or it's like up on the roof replacing Spanish tiles. Um, so I think he had like a garage that was filled with power tools. So he doesn't, you know, I think sometimes people think if you um, are living the life of the mind, you're maybe a little effete. I think that's the word yeah. or whatever. But um, I think he was really like a kind of down and dirty like. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, you, the, the concept of a Renaissance man is, is, you know, we throw it around a lot, but I remember hearing a story about there was, there was an, uh, a burglar, there was an intruder, and I think this was around yeah. the time that you were on the, on the program, and he came out to confront them, and at this time, he must have been early 70s, um, maybe, maybe 71, 72, uh, and and it was revealed that he came out to convert uh, confront the the burglar and that he was that he slept nude. So it was like right. once in a while, it was like you would get these you would get this Trebek story where it's just like say what now? But then it was like all right, well that's just gonna go ahead and kind of add to the mystery, I guess. And it and it speaks to like I think you can't really you can't really pen this pe- peg this guy down into being one thing. He's certainly not a nerd. Like he's not the coolest person in the room, but he's got a little bit of like suaveness to him. Right. And I mean, another thing that came up in the book that I didn't know is that he, you know, he was a little bit older, I think, when his wife had kids and um, when they had kids together. And um, he liked the Jeopardy schedule because he only worked was like in the studio two days because then it gave him total flexibility to be like basically a stay at home dad the other day. So it said he was the um, his daughter's basketball and volleyball coach with Brian Cranston. Like, if you can picture that. Can I ask a, like, a a little bit of a personal question about, like, what, what, what did Jeopardy do for you? Obviously, you made some money, um, which is always nice. Uh, Those of us, those of us have families, it's always nice to have uh, that little nest egg sitting around, but, but more, more like emotionally and, and, and things like that. What, what did being on Jeopardy and, and being a winner to that degree do to you and what does it continue to do for you? Um, I would compare it a little bit. I've run, to, I've run two marathons. And so I, like the first time I ran a marathon, it was just something like I had an uncle who did it, um, who ran the Marine Corps Marathon when I was a kid. And that kind of first sparked the interest. And for a long time, I thought someday I'll do that. And then finally, I was like, I'm doing it now. And, um, and then the second time I ran one, I think it was my daughter was three or four, but I really felt like I had kind of lost who I was um, a little bit with um, my life suddenly changing so much with having a kid. And so I um, ran and like trained at 4.45 a.m. with another mom, like in my neighborhood and ran the Pittsburgh Marathon. Um, in 2016. But anyways, so it was kind of the same thing where it's like something I had dreamed about for a long time. I wasn't really ever sure that it would happen, like came to pass. And like, I can always, I guess, sleep a little bit better or like be a little proud of myself that like I was able to take sort of something that was seemed big and like possibly like I would never be able to do this and like manifest it into reality. And I would say there like continue to be things in my life that I wish that I could do like this. Um, Another thing was, it, you know, honestly, it kind of gave me like a vote of confidence, I think, a little bit. Like, I um, really appreciated how much support I got. I don't know if we were working together when I was on Jeopardy, but like, I worked at the Chicago Sun-Times. And, the, you know, the first day I was on the show, they have TVs all over the newsroom, like many newsrooms. The 
editor ordered pizza for everybody. And, you know, this became a thing where everybody watched it every day. And actually, yesterday when Trebek died, I put something on Facebook. A few people wrote, yeah, I, I remember how fun that was um, when we did that. And, um, like, it was so fun for my family. And I, I really, I heard from a lot of people that I hadn't, um, like, would have never guessed. Like, people I used to babysit for, um, my dad's college roommate wrote me a letter, like just sort of random people. And they seem like, it just seemed like it was so positive. Like there was really nothing negative about it. And when I said the three something, there was some stuff online that I was like, um, maybe a little creepy or like, um, I think it's somebody trying to like, I, I don't know, but for the most part it was like, I was in dead spin. Um, and there was like a hilarious headline that was like, Trebek slut shames, like contestant. And that's not how I felt that it went down. But I, I kind of was, I mean, the whole thing to me was like very funny, especially because I, like I went to Catholic schools and I, um, I'm not like a threesome kind of person, which I think anybody who knows me would probably be surprised that I even know what that is. So I, um, you know, I, I don't know. I was just like all good fun. Like it was just kind of like, this is a really fun, positive moment in my life that honestly, I'm still kind of living off of as I'm talking to you. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like it's, it's exciting. Um, I told you, I told you before we turned this thing on that I was on sports jeopardy and I yeah. had to go out there and be on the set. And the whole time I was like, this is great, but I wish it was real jeopardy. Um, you can still be on Real Jeopardy. I mean, oh, I think Real Jeopardy. Yeah, I, I think I'm. I think I'm losing my intelligence as as time goes on. Uh, but okay, it, that's so. But I have the same thing. I'm like my Jeopardy brain is now all like kid brain. Absolutely. I mean, it's a little different during the pandemic, but before it was like, who's got a birthday party this weekend, and like, what time is gymnastics class or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I. But I think that the most the most like poetic thing I thought about yesterday was going back to when I was a kid watching the show and I didn't have a lot going on when I was a kid. Few kids do. Uh, I mean, I'm sure now with, with screens and constant being able to dial up whatever you want, that's changed a little bit, but I feel like the world seemed pretty small around me. Uh, it was just the things that I could see, but at seven 30 Jeopardy would come on CBS and, and, and it would be all these clues and, and categories about things that existed in the world that I could dream of visiting my own someday of going to the pyramids or whatever, or I could do the next best thing, which was like diving into them scholastically and, and learning about that. And I feel like it was really a big mind opener. And it also like inspired a little bit of confidence to dream big. And I, I was really struck about how many millions of kids probably had a similar experience uh, that I did in, when it comes to that. And I certainly hope that they find a way to continue to do that because at a time where it seems like intellectual curiosity has been devalued to a point where it's not a, a, something that's super important, this is one of the few things and definitely the most collective thing that keeps that pursuit alive. Yeah, a thousand percent. I mean, that's probably what I love most about Jeopardy is that like it shows it's okay to be smart. Like there's nothing wrong with that or to like have knowledge. And I, I said like, you don't need to be smart necessarily to be on Jeopardy. Like, like you need to know how to play Jeopardy. And um, but it, probably like a broad range of knowledge helps. They said, I, I think it was one of the contestant coordinators said like the common denominators of all Jeopardy contestants are that they like to read and they love to travel. Um, which are both things that are like, you have a curious mind to do that. I'll also say like one other very positive thing from Jeopardy is that I met a lot of really great people through it. I mean, everybody on the show, it was like very like 
I mean, it was like a really fun, upbeat, like warm atmosphere. And then the other contestants, like many, many of these people I have stayed in touch with. And um, I'm not super into this, but there, there's a bunch of like big trivia competitions. And so a lot of people I was on the Tournament of Champions with, they play together. I played on a, a team and one in Chicago um, this past, like February, 2020. And the host made a joke, like this is the last large gathering in America jokes on us because it probably was um it's called geek bowl so I, i'm not sure i really contributed that much to the team i was able to identify Candyman by um my god that bobby brown group anyways and that they were from boston new edition new edition that's um but we i i mean i i think this team had had like top 10 finishes but not this year so so, so finally did you hear from that group of people that you had met through the show yesterday? I definitely did. I'm in a Facebook group um, with the tournament of champion people and, and somebody put up there like, you know, I'm thinking of you or thinking of everyone today. And, and they all put things up on their Facebook um, things too. And uh, quite a few people I know, I think once I got on the show, definitely they, they were always looking for women to be on the show. So um, quite a few people I know, asked me how I got on and then I told them and then they ended up getting on. So um, like, I don't know if it was directly related to me, but I think it was kind of like, Oh, if you did this, like I could do this too. And I've always wanted to do this. So might as well go ahead. So um, it was actually, it was like a really nice day. So I hope like his wife and his kids and um, everyone knows how much he was loved. I think that they do. So I'm sure it's like a really tough couple days here coming up, but like, you know, he's an amazing person, an amazing part of our culture. And um, I agree with him that I hope the show goes on and I can't wait to see who they pick to um, be the new Alex. So. All right. Thank you, Kara, for sharing your thoughts with, with me. Thank uh, you, Kyle. And I hope you do get on Real Jeopardy. All right. Well, there's always, there's always hope. I better hit those books. You can be in that football category that nobody knew. You probably knew all of those.